On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. All of that is directly connected to the culture at work. And leaders understand the imperative to be mindful of that. A February speaker series is designed to foster developing advocates and allies in the workplace. The governor wants to talk about tax reduction. And you'll learn about the heart of a hometown business. This is the Iowa Business Report for the fourth weekend of January, 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Women Lead Change is Iowa's premier leadership organization for women, providing comprehensive leadership resources and events designed to advance women's leadership in all aspects of their lives. In February, the group will sponsor a four-part lunchtime seminar series called Advocates and Allies, featuring Carla Harris, Dr. Robert Livingston, Dr. Jennifer Ashton, and Jeff Schwartz. The series is a logical extension of the work done by the group over the past decade and a half, according to Tiffany O'Donnell, CEO of Women Lead Change. You know, Jeff, people know our organization because of the speakers that we're able to cultivate and bring in. You know, back before COVID, you know, we were all about accessibility. You know, living in the Midwest, we didn't always have access to some of the thought leaders and speakers that tended to migrate to the coasts. So we really found our sweet spot here regionally, making sure that we had the benefit of these thought leaders up close and in, in person as well. And, and we really want to continue that conversation. And the opportunities have expanded because of the virtual world that we're living in. We're leveraging the work that we do with some incredible speakers in bringing um, some that we wouldn't typically bring for women's leadership development alone. We are all about advancing women leaders at all levels, period, end of story. That is the mission of Women Lead Change, and it will remain the mission of Women Lead Change. We recognize that we're not going to be successful in that mission if we're just talking to the women sitting next to us. We really need to make sure that we're bringing everybody into this conversation, everybody in on the leadership conversation. Oh, by the way, gender tends to be, you know, along, we, we talk a lot about gender in our organization. This speaker series is, is not about that. The speaker series is for leaders, pure and simple, men and women. And this is something that we've talked about that your organization has been focusing on for at least the last two years, if not more, saying women lead change is the name of the organization, but we recognize that it has to be women and men together in order to effectuate that change. Absolutely. We can't have these conversations in a vacuum. And at the end of the day, Jeff, we're talking about leadership and, and good leadership requires inclusivity. So we are at, we're not just talking the talk, we're walking the walk. And we recognize that, you know, men as well as women, you know, want to be good leaders. And the topics that we're covering in this speaker series are relevant to the conversations that we're having at the workplace and at home today. You know, it ranges from you know, speaking the truth about racism, um, some pretty delicate conversations we're having to have at work. And Dr. Livingston's going to cover that for us. Talking about, you know, work disrupted. You know, what does that look like today? Um, talking about resilience in a pandemic era. And with Dr. Ashton, who's on the front lines of COVID. Um, and then ultimately, 
Carla Harris, who brings her unique, you know, leadership style into focus for us and shares on how um, authentic leadership benefits both women and men. The concept of a weekly session is, to me, one that allows you to get some traction because it's every week for a month, yet it is not so onerous that it's the same as leaving the office for a full day or a multi-day conference. It really tends to suggest a, a much wider audience that might be able to participate. And again, that's one of those making lemons out of lemonade thing here in the age of the pandemic. But it really could work very nicely for people who say, I have an hour to devote once a week for a month, as opposed to the perceived disruption of leaving the office for a day or a couple of days. Absolutely. You just hit on a a couple really good points and reasons why we're doing this. Um, It really is about time. Um, You know, we know that our leaders are busy people. We also know that our leaders are on Zoom calls the majority of their days. You know, our our leaders are in front of monitors, you know, more often than they want to be these days. And so really being respectful of their time and, and using it, you know, the utmost. So we'll have you know, 40 to 45 minute conversation with the author of you know, those four folks that I mentioned, by the way, everyone gets their books too, but we'll have that conversation. They'll have a conversation with us and then it's open to the group. So we'll have a good 15 to 20 minutes where we can have a conversation. Our leaders will be able to interact directly with our speakers. This has been a most challenging time for everyone in the workforce this past 12-month period. But something that you said to me early on as a fear, as something that you were afraid might happen, you're now starting to see some data that there are certain individuals classified often by gender or level in the hierarchy who are, if you will, suffering more as a result of these changes in the workforce. And I'm not talking about those work for a restaurant and they're the servers. We understand that. That is a job classification that we automatically think about. But there has been a disparate impact on women in the workplace as a result of COVID. And and these are women who are fortunate, Jeff, in one way to be able to work from home and recognize that opportunity. We were talking early on about what a great way to show our flexibility that we can work. Well, that was when we thought it was going to be, you know, 30 days you know, 10 months into this thing, it's having real life effects in terms of um, losing potentially 2 million women in corporate America by the time this is all over, whether it's by their choice, restructuring or simply burnout. Um, 100,000, McKinsey estimates 100,000 senior level leaders will leave. And they cite burnout is the reason because they feel like they can't bring their whole selves to work. You know, the, the second shift we talk about a lot with women, which is the, you know, the, the, the carpools and the making dinner and laundry, the unpaid labor. We've now added a third shift onto that, especially for those with children at home. We've added homeschooling. So you've got women at home feeling like they can't perform to the best of their abilities. They're feeling like either themselves wanting to pull back or their company saying, you know, we don't want to put more on you right now. And they're stalling out. They're stalling out or they're actually making the hard decision to leave the workplace. A decade's worth of progress for female leaders is at stake here because they are, you know, going back to, I call the dark ages. Am I going to work outside of the home or am I going to stay at home? That's a, that's a conversation and a real question a lot of women are asking themselves today. Is it worth it? 
and obviously the topics that you have chosen for the Advocates and Allies speaker series and the speakers themselves have a long history of thinking about work, consulting about work, knowing about the impact of various components in a workforce, and I have a feeling that those who have questions related to many of the things you just mentioned, many of those answers or at least new ways of thinking about it may come up through the series. Absolutely. The the constant thread through all of these conversations, these lunch and learns, if you will, it has to do with culture. And we know that, you know, women care about culture, but oh, by the way, so do millennials. You know, the workplace of today, Jeff, cares about a lot more than, you know, spreadsheets. They care about the culture in which they work and all of the conversations we're going to have, whether it's, you know, talking about social justice issues, whether it's talking about resilience, you know, managing COVID at work and at home, all of that is directly connected to the culture at work. And leaders understand the imperative to be mindful of that. Tiffany O'Donnell is CEO of Women Lead Change online at wlcglobal.org. That's where you can go to register or get more information about their February Lunchtime Advocates and Allies speaker series. We spoke via Zoom on January 18th. Still to come, the governor's plans regarding taxes and making your business a part of the heart of the community. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa working to maximize economic impact for Iowa entrepreneurs online at cbgi.uni.edu. Governor Kim Reynolds delivered her annual condition of the state message on January 12th, the day after the Iowa General Assembly convened for the year. The year before, Governor Reynolds presented her broad Invest in Iowa initiative, but not long after, everything changed due to the pandemic. Now, renewed talk about making at least some changes to Iowa's tax laws. The governor shared her thoughts during a conversation we had on January 15th. While we're in a really good shape and we're coming back, I think, you know, strong that we're still not through it. And we still need to kind of monitor this year to see what the overall continued impact of COVID-19 could be on our economy. But in the interim, what I said and what I'm going to be moving towards, I said I'm always open to looking at it. If it looks like we're going to continue to do okay, then we should continue that conversation. But at a minimum, at a minimum, we need to remove the triggers that we put in place in the 2018 uh, historic tax cut that I signed into law. And that will guarantee Iowans that in 2023, uh, we the, the uh, reductions take place where we go from a top rate of 8.53% for um, income income tax bracket to six five and then we condense our brackets from nine to four and if we continue to see the growth that we're seeing and the ending balances that we're projecting over a five-year period there is a really good opportunity i believe to take that that low of six five even lower and so that really helps iowans keep more of their hard-earned money and it makes iowa more competitive uh, as a state so uh, we're going to continue to to monitor that and continue to run the runs and see what's possible uh, for fiscal year 2022, and maybe we can even do more next year. 
I know a lot of people, especially on the left, say, well, the governor's a Republican, House is controlled by Republicans, Senate majority Republican, they'll just agree on everything. There's not overall agreement oh, no. on this issue, is there? <laughs> no, 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 no. Two, two bodies are approaching it from very different perspectives. And, uh, you know, so, but that's what we did in 18. Uh, we spent, I spent a lot of time over the interim really working with my team, doing the runs and trying to put kind of a, uh, a blueprint together to start the conversation. And then we filed that. And then we spent the, most of the session really pounding through that and coming to consensus. And, you know, it took almost the entire session to do that. But that's, that's what, you know, the legislative session is all about. That's where you have those discussions. You give Iowans the opportunity to weigh in. You give legislators the opportunity to weigh in based on the areas that they represent. And then, you know, you find it's a, you find where you agree and where you can't. You have to, you know, step away from it, hopefully, and move forward and, and uh, get something done. So I was really happy with where we ended up. Um, but, I, you know, there's always more that we can do, and that's the conversation we're going to have this year, and we're going to continue, um, depending on what we can do this year, we'll continue that conversation next. Governor Kim Reynolds and I spoke on January 15th. Coming up, good business that's good for the community. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa. Follow them on Twitter at UNICBGI. Late last year on this program, we featured Jackson Manufacturing during our business profile segment. The Maquoketa-based business has long been a dedicated part of the community. Time did not permit us to get as deep into that involvement as we wanted at that time, so today, more with Jack Haskin, President and CEO of Jackson Manufacturing. I haven't talked about our people yet. We have 15 employees, and I'll be, be uh, proud to say that most of our employees are women. Uh, I have, right now, we have three men on the payroll, myself included, and uh, the other two gentlemen are out on the floor both the processing and my maintenance person. So what we like to do is mold the product and then we like to downstream assemble. That's our forte. You'll see a lot of what we do in, in totes because it's been molded. Now we just got to send it into the assembly room. And part of that assembly, by the way, on, the, on one of our bread and butter products is a lower roller assembly on the, on the screen door. And we use people with disabilities from Imagine the Possibility, who is a, who is a nonprofit in town, they used to be called DAC. They renamed themselves to Imagine Possibility. But I hire, four, used to be eight people, now it's four. They come up, Jeff, and they sit around a wheel and they have two puzzles, 10-piece puzzles in front of them. And what they're going to do is make a part sandwich. They have to do two parts of that eight-part process. And then we take it over and then we sonic weld it. So uh, we've been doing that since the late 80s. And uh our key customer knows that, and it's it's a very it's a very warm human interest story. Uh, you know, we're a, we're a job shop for people that need work, and they they're working today. Matter of fact, they're in the other room, and a lot of times they'll say hello when they come in. They say hello when they leave, but it's a it's a good uh, it's a good thing. Our old former governor Branstead, who I know is back in the in the state and helping do some things. He gave uh, gave uh, this business at the time was ADAC uh, Plastics gave a, a plaque to best unique industry in Iowa. And this was back in the in the late '80s. So 
so that that's kind of a that's kind of a a, a a nice thing that we do here. We're not we don't brag about it. We I've heard people say we should do we should talk more about doing that. Yeah. When you're talking about the the workforce, yes, I may be going too far with this statement, but you'll correct me. Okay. You've mentioned that most of the paid workforce, the full-time workforce, is female. You mentioned that you're hiring these individuals who might otherwise have a difficult time getting a job. Yes. But you're hiring those people not because of gender or of their other situation. You're hiring them because you're a business owner who needs to get a job done, and they're really good qualified workers. And so I guess my feeling is you're not saying that much about it because you're hiring good people. You're not hiring categories. That's true, and I would agree 100% with that. These people don't mind repetition. They they're good at detail. It's 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 a it's a very comfortable environment, and they and they do a super job at it. You know, I could have a robot doing what they do. Uh, I would tell you in this business, talk to anybody about robots. They're very expensive, Jeff. The payback is a long time, but uh, yeah, they're 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 very proud to do it. And you know, my other employees. It's interesting. I, these people that come up and do that for me, I, I pay their employer, which is Imagine the Possibilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I contract them out. Mm-hmm. And that's been that way. You know, in business, everybody's got to protect themselves and uh, it's, it's all good. We'll continue doing this just as long as we, we do this particular product the way we do it. So, well, when you say robots are expensive, they are. Yes. And right. it's a long time to carry that cost out. But more importantly, they're not spending money, those robots, in other Maquoketa and Jackson County businesses. And by right. paying these people, that's right. you're helping stimulate a much broader economy that yeah. no robot is going to be able to do. Yeah, and that's part of, that's part of the, the enrichment of being a, a business owner, Jeff, is, is helping the local community. Uh, giving raises. I love giving raises. And, and I've done a few. And, and, and to be honest with you, when I bought the business, one of the first things I was concerned about was keeping the employees, right? New management, everybody. You know, so one of the first things I did was give everybody a little raise. <laughs> I guess I was telling the new sheriffs in town, I'm going to take care of you and take care of me too. I need you to work hard. And uh, I'm proud of our, 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 our company, our employees. It's a safe place to work. I give them, we have a monthly safety meetings. We just had one yesterday. I, I actually give everybody a small gift card for being safe each quarter. And uh, it's just a little thank you um, for, for being safe. So. Well, it, it shows. And again, it, it, by the time you give out 10 and 12 and 15 of these, it all adds up. But, but yeah. to a broader point, yeah. it's a gesture that shows you find it to be important. You find loyalty to be important. So you're right. going to put some money there to keep yes. and retain good people and no one, quote unquote, likes to do a safety meeting because there's the it seems redundant. And if you are paying attention to it, right. you think you don't need it. And that's usually when you do need it. And so here's an example of you've come to the right. safety meeting. We think it's important. Thanks right. for taking the time to do it. What are yep. some of the challenges that either your individual business faces or your industry? What are some of the challenges right now? I would tell you one of the big challenges, uh, first of all, the employee side, um, you know, the old saying, everybody's going after this, the same potential employee. Mm-hmm. The rural areas are interesting. Uh, I, I would tell you the, the rural people are, they're, they're just eager to work. You know, um, I've been fortunate. I've used a few, you know, hiring services, but for the most part, 
Word of mouth gets around that we're a good company to work for. Again, I hire mostly women. Uh, I'll get to the point as I grow the business, I'll need more, more men in here for the some of the plant processing items. But I would tell you getting technical skills, plastic injection molding isn't really taught at many colleges, okay? Um, one of my main processors now, I've had him here now four years, he came in with a plastic processing knowledge, but not injection molding. So he, he how's that saying go? He came in with no bad habits. So <laughs> I, I kind of had a blank slate and I was able to tra- train him through some, some in-class uh, schooling, but more on the job with one of my senior processors who's getting, who was then getting ready to retire. So we did a true mentorship, if you will, and that worked really good. But I would tell you, if I need more technical people, that's 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 difficult. Now, if it's assembly and light light assembly, that's not so hard. But technical processing, because what we do isn't rocket science, but it's close. We're talking about pressures. We're talking about temperatures. We're talking about a lot of things that have to happen right when you mold parts. It's a science. It really is. It's got to be done right. That's one of the challenges. You know, the other challenge, Jeff, I would tell you is uh, I've, I've been, uh, my, my knob business is very good. I have a lot of repeat customers. I'm in the process of trying to locate a good distributor or a sales rep to help me sell more of them. That has been a challenge. Jack Haskin, owner of Jackson Manufacturing, based in Makokoda. We spoke via Zoom on October 14th of last year. More online at jackson-mfg.com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Apple, and Google. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.